Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our readers and listeners of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position, along with your favorite beverage, to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine the show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Brent S., Dave V., and Todd A. Returning to the show today is Darren LeBrenz, President, CEO, and Director of Pure Gold Mining, a Canadian gold developer progressing the construction of the Pure Gold Red Lake Mine in the Red Lake Mining District, Ontario. The company is listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol PGM and also on the London Stock Exchange under the symbol PUR and also on the US OTC markets under the symbol LRTNF. Darren, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Andrew. How are you doing? Good. Well, Darren, uh, how are you holding up with COVID shutdown orders? I'm doing very well. You know, we've we've transitioned, uh, you know, I think re- relatively seamlessly with, uh, you know, corporate offices implementing a work from home strategy and, uh, you know, out at site, uh, we've uh, we've got a whole series of uh, policies and procedures really designed to protect the workforce and, and our contractors and, and operate efficiently. So, yeah, we're doing quite well. Thank you. Well, Darren, what issues have come up with regards to COVID? Has there been any delays? And sorry, Darren, I keep referring to this as Matson, but in fact, the guys have it called a pure gold Red Lake mine. Yes, this is something, again, that we've been monitoring since the early start of the year uh, as the pandemic started to evolve. Um, as you probably know, the uh, mining activity in, in Ontario has been deemed an essential service. And so it is uh, one of the, the businesses that are allowed to continue to operate uh, with, uh, with uh, you know, Again, a, a series of policies and procedures put in place to design, uh, design to protect the workforce. So, so at site, what we've done is, uh, you know, we've implemented, uh, you know, increased cleaning practices. Uh, we've got physical distancing in place. Uh, we've staggered, uh, you know, people through the lunchroom, staggered people through the mine dries and so forth. Uh, we're restricting our meeting sizes and doing virtual meetings as much as possible. And again, much like the corporate office, uh, we are, you know, we are working from home where possible. So. All of that is, uh, you know, has been pretty effective in uh, in in protecting the safety and 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 keeping things moving along in a, in a relatively efficient manner. You know, when you look at uh, you know our project is located in Red Lake, Ontario, which is northwest Ontario, pretty close to the to the Manitoba border, and there are no cases active in Red Lake. Uh, in fact, there's none active in all of northwest Ontario. And uh, Manitoba, which is right next door, has just gone through the weekend without having a single new case. So it's a it's a relatively quiet area with respect to the uh, the pandemic. Speak just a little bit to the thought process of when you guys get into commissioning and, and actual production. Is there a thought about doing something where the crews are are broke up into shifts that are working on site without leaving the site for weeks on end? to where you know that the crew that's at the site is 100% healthy, so you guys can work unbothered with some of the other um, issues that other places have where you have sick pe- potentially sick people coming and going or, or basically limiting their exposure to the outside world. Is that a consideration going forward? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, again, we're relatively unique in that, uh, you know, Red Lake is is you know, effectively a mining community of about four and a half thousand people. 
the employees that we have on site largely live and work uh, in Red Lake. And so we're not seeing any real fly in, fly out. Uh, we don't have a camp situation in place. And so, and so what we're doing is obviously we've asked people who have any kind of symptoms whatsoever not to show up at work. And, and that's kind of the first measure of protection with respect to shift changes, you know, when people, you know, working underground and so forth go go off shift. Uh, again, we ask them to, uh, you know, to restrict their travel, to report back if there are any symptoms that develop, don't come to work. And uh, and then we're doing checks at the uh, at the gate, so to speak, with respect to uh, questionnaires and, and temperature checks. Uh, again, just to ensure people that are coming to site are healthy and, and fit for work. We've seen some people think that all mining projects should be shut down. And I see that there is a procedure, there is means and methods to make sure that actually these operations can continue and should continue. They certainly are, in my opinion, essential, for lack of better words, critical to uh, to continue. Well, Darren, let's move on. Let's talk about construction milestones and timeline. Can you just walk the mm -hmm. audience through the remaining construction milestones sequence and also timeline for completion? We started, uh, and obviously we announced construction kind of late last summer. Uh, we started work on the ground in, in November of last year. Our underground pre-production development started in December. When you compare that to our feasibility plan, we're we're looking at a, a start there that's about five months ahead of schedule. And uh, and the intent with respect to that early start was to get underground, you know, get our systems in place, uh, uh, and and really open up the mine quicker, uh, allowing us to access more mining areas uh, to to get deeper, faster, and at the end of the day to de-risk startup with the you know, the broader access to the, to the mining areas that have formed the first uh, couple of years of our mine plan. So I'm really excited about the early start uh, to date. Um, you know, we're averaging about eight meters uh, a day in terms of our advance rate on underground. And and again, compared to a plan of five meters per day, we're doing very, very well, you know, doing you know, better than 50% better than the, uh, the feasibility plan with respect to underground productivity. And that has the same effect again, that uh, we're, we're getting to areas quicker uh, using the same dollars and, uh, we're able to open things up and, and ultimately it, it will translate into the ability to, to look at our mining sequence and, uh, and mine higher grade first, which is you know obviously what you wanna do. You wanna bring that cash flow forward. So underground is going very, very well. Uh, we've got a whole set of crews there, day and night shift, maintenance support, heavy duty mechanics, uh, supervision, our technical services in, is in place with engineering, geology, administration. And so things are moving very well with respect to the, to the underground operations. On surface, uh, we've gone through and uh, we've built our, our haul road from the main portal back to the mill. Uh, we've got our, our, our mine waste rock facility in place. Uh, we've been doing work in inside the mill as well. So as your listeners probably are aware, we have an existing mill infrastructure in place there, uh, but we're, we're upgrading that processing plant. Uh, we're, we're moving it from a 600 ton per day plant to an 800 ton per day plant. So over the uh, the winter months, so uh, we've gone through, we've done a complete electrical and mechanical audit. Uh, we've uh, we've got all of our you know electric switchgear and so forth has been certified. Our our cranes are operational. We've gone through and done non-destructive testing and all those steel to make sure the integrity is good. Because we're well financed, uh, we've we've been able to make uh, you know smart decisions as to which uh, equipment we want to keep and which we want to replace. And at the end of the day, we're going to see very much a new mill here with a, a new ball mill coming in. Uh, to run it at 800 tons per day. We'll have an, a new gravity circuit. Uh, we've got a new gold room and just uh, working on the batch plant outside right now. Uh, we had a recent milestone. Uh, we opened up the roof about two weeks ago and pulled out the, the old ball mill. 
So we're now working on the pedestals there to, to get ready for the new ball mill, which is which is uh, coming in in July timeframe. So moving Excellent. forward, looking at you know kind of the construction milestones that we'll go through. The surface works will 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 accelerate as we move into the summer and, and early fall. Uh, primarily, a lot of that work is is in plant and put in you know the new ball mill, the gravity circuit, the gold room. Uh, get our batch plant finished, uh, cyanide detox. Uh, we've got a water treatment plant that'll be coming in place so towards the tail end of summer. And uh, and then moving into the fall, we start with uh, some of the early commissioning work. At this point, we are on track for first order delivery to the mill in Q4 of this year, uh, likely towards the, the end of the year. Okay, then we can probably expect uh, to see some kind of first production in the month of December. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll see the kind of early commissioning in, in December and then the really I would expect the first reportable production and cash flow to come in Q1 of next year. And Darren, can you just clarify for us, uh, December, with you guys already being ahead of schedule on construction, is December even earlier than what was anticipated? It's pretty much right on schedule. Uh, we're, we're definitely ahead of schedule uh, with respect to the underground work. And, uh, you know, again, as I said, I'm really excited about the opportunities that'll provide in terms of optimizing our, our mining sequence. Uh, with respect to surface work, uh, we're effectively right on schedule and right on budget at this point. Okay, excellent. And how are, I'll get to the budget here in just a moment. Maybe you can give some more details. Equipment mm -hmm. manufacturers, uh, suppliers, subcontractors, um, everybody seems to be flowing pretty well, even in light of COVID. That's another area that we're obviously watching very closely is our, our procurement schedule. Uh, again, we're fairly, you know, fairly well placed with existing infrastructure on site and, and a relatively light build, if you will, for, for a mining project. Uh, we've got uh, about 80% of our long lead items have been, have been ordered. And so that pricing is all locked in. That gives you good certainty around the costs moving forward. Uh, we are in daily contact with all of our suppliers. And at this point, uh, you know, nobody has indicated that they're behind schedule. Or there will be any impacts to our our procurement schedule. Uh, so again, feeling quite quite good about that. When you look at the uh, you know look at the entire procurement package, if you will, or schedule, uh, you know, I would say about ninety percent of it is coming from either Canada or the United States, and uh, and those supply chains seem you know relatively intact at this point. And in fact, we just had a, a set of structural steel arrive from California a couple of weeks back, and it was again right on schedule. So watching it very closely for any impacts, but uh, we're, we're on schedule at this point. Excellent. And let's talk about budget. You guys are right on budget, you said, and then also what is the cash position at this point? As of our, our last disclosure, uh, we had approximately 65 million in cash, an undrawn debt facility, 55 million US. So using current exchange rates, that's about 140 million Canadian in cash or cash available. Uh, when you look at the uh, remaining project capital to, to complete, uh, it's 97 million. So you're looking at a buffer there of about 43 million to get us to completion. As we move through the uh, working capital period, we're still looking at a very strong buffer in that 25 to 30 million dollar range at the at the lowest point. So again, we're well placed from a, a financing and capital perspective. Let's talk a little bit more about forward capital needs, Darren. Uh, do you have plenty of capital, in your opinion, to carry through to full production and to the point where cash flow from operations will continue to carry the company? We do. Yeah. So we're we're, we're really well financed. Uh, in fact, when you look at it last year, we we closed a you know 47 million uh, equity financing. Uh, we brought in a, you know a new cornerstone investor in Eric Sprott, who now holds 10% of of the uh, of the company. Uh, we followed up with a 90 million US uh, project facility. 
which really gave us a lot of flexibility uh, with respect to our capital needs moving the project forward. It allows us to continue to, to do some exploration work. It's allowed us to purchase some underground mine equipment uh, rather than lease it, uh, which will have a, a reduced operating cost. And it's allowed us to make some smart decisions in the mill to, you know, to replace uh, equipment and and really ensure that we'll have you know strong mill availabilities uh, on startup. So I feel quite comfortable with the cash position and uh, and the remaining work to be done. With COVID nineteen, I, I know we've gotten some opportunities presented as a result of this, namely a severe disruption in U.S. shale oil and also, of course, the collapse in the oil price. As a result of that, there's certainly more opportunity uh, in the United States in the used equipment market for companies that are struggling and, and trying to offload assets that may uh, look to be good for what you guys are doing, at least some equipment. And then also, um, has there been consideration for accumulating more diesel as a result of prices, or are you guys just going to let the market play out on that front? That's a great question. You know, we're uh, we are we are seeing some benefits uh, with respect to the uh, the, the current uh, economic situation. You know, certainly more broadly speaking, we can we can talk about it in a moment uh, the impacts on on gold price and, and the Canadian dollar just really puts us in a position where we're, we're perfectly timed to deliver a gold mine into the market. But speaking more specifically to the question you asked, uh, you know, we've had some wins in in the equipment side. Uh, we're certainly seeing opportunities on employment and contracting. Uh, there's a uh, you know there's <clears throat> increased uh, availability out there with respect to to both employment and also the contractors that we need to build out our site and so I think that's been quite competitive and certainly will you know assist us in in continuing to meet our schedule as we move forward so it's a pretty positive constructive market for building a gold mine COVID-19 aside. Darren, how about the staffing process? You mentioned a little bit of that here. How is the staffing process going? Are there any major job positions that are, you're still looking to fill between now and commissioning? Yeah, it's been going fantastic. We have about uh, 60 employees that uh, we've recruited at this point. Uh, you know, again, we've we started with the the underground, uh, you know, having a complete set of crews underground and the supervision and and uh, mechanical maintenance planning around that. Uh, we're building out our technical services group with uh, with uh, hires in both the engineering surveying and uh, geology side obviously safety and security has been in place for some some time uh, we're building out our admin team now and we're more broadly building out that, that management team in place there so as we move into the fall you know with the uh, the mill coming on stream uh, we'll be engaging our mill manager uh, the metallurgist and mill rights and so forth it'll be attached to that function we've seen probably since we started uh, well over 600 resumes that have been come into the company to evaluate uh, for for employment opportunities and so again we're doing well we've been able to recruit where where needed and uh, we have a, a pretty strong hiring strategy for the balance of the year okay well be careful i might have to submit my application <laughs> look forward to it <laughs> well look uh, let's let's talk for a moment about the sales process for the audience can you walk us through how you will be selling production from madsen and will the company be using any hedging vehicles so at this point, we're not considering hedging. Uh, you know, obviously, until we get into production, there's a, there's a pretty uh, you know pretty strong risk attached to to any hedging that we put in place. I'm uh, I'm not a huge fan of of hedging, and it's something that we'll evaluate as we move forward. But it's it's certainly not been contemplated by the board or management group at this point. In terms of the the gold production, you know, we're we are in a very strong rising market. Uh, you know, our feasibility study came out at uh, 1275 US dollars an ounce as a base case. 
uh, last year, and uh, and that translates into 1,700 Canadian. Uh, today we're looking at uh, you know 1,700 US and a $2,400 per ounce gold price in Canadian dollar terms. So that's a, a $700 improvement year over year in Canadian dollar terms for uh, for gold price. So uh, again, that has a you know very strong uh, impact on on this, which is you know just our first phase of mining uh, with the ability to deliver over 700 million of additional cash flow through that first phase. In terms of the production itself, you know, we'll be pouring Dory on site and uh, we haven't uh, signed any contracts in terms of refining at this point, uh, but we've got a few budgetary quotes that we'll, we'll continue to pursue. Uh, likely it'll get uh, shipped out to, you know, Ottawa would be my best guess. Can you give us an update on the exploration side? Uh, what is the company doing to extend the life of the project assets, given that we are soon coming into a depletion stage? I'm really glad you asked that question. You know, we're we're very focused here at Pure Gold with a number of themes, if you will. Uh, location, obviously, being in Red Lake, Ontario, is extremely important. But grade, size, and growth are are really going to be key drivers of our value moving forward. As you know, uh, you know, we've made several discoveries over the last year, and really, what we did is we we saw an opportunity to move very quickly into cash flow to self fund our, our our ongoing growth strategy, and so we took you know really ring fenced about a, a million ounces of reserves at nine grams per ton out of a broader two and a half million ounce resource. We've got discoveries that surface that we've made that are already in resources. We've already done early stage engineering work on, on some of those areas. And we're looking to continue to drill to expand those and increase confidence and ultimately look to layer them on to that, that first phase of mining. We've been drilling for the, for the most part over the last four years. We took a pause as, uh, as the pandemic took hold uh, just to restrict the movement in and out of site. But uh, we are looking right now at restarting our, our exploration activities at the tail end of this month. So in the coming weeks, initially uh, drilling will focus on the you know underground, uh, the first two years of production, if you will. We made some uh, some discoveries outside of mining shapes late last year that we want to continue to drill to potentially convert into reserves and into a near-term mine plan. And then we'll transition out to those uh, those near-surface discoveries to continue to move those forward to to further evaluate and uh, again continue some engineering work. Darren, what's your plan if the company gets absorbed by a mid-tier or a major? What would you do? Uh, would you consider going on with the transaction and working for that potential new uh, acquisition company? What's your concerns about job security for yourself? And does the Oxygen Group continue to have plenty of work for you to do if that was to occur? Never really been one to be too comfortable in, in what I'm doing or too concerned about uh, you know you know my own job security. You know, obviously we're we're into the very speculative uh, nature here of of what may or may not happen, and and it would really depend on the circumstances. I mean, typically your your president and CEO does does not remain. Uh, unless you're looking at a merger of equals or something like that, where you're restructuring the company and putting the, the right people in the right places. So it would have to be a case-by-case, -case, you know, kind of evaluation of the, um, you know, the combination and, and what made the most sense. You know, certainly within the broader oxygen group, this is a this is a really strong group of quality people and quality quality projects. And uh, and there's there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, we're always, you know, collectively looking at new new opportunities and new ideas. And so I'm I'm certain there'd be things that, that could come out of there as well. Yeah, and I suspect the same. I suspect that Mark has a plate of food and on it and, and plenty of room to go around. And I suspect that you guys will have plenty to do if, if that was the case. Who knows, maybe you'll, you guys will find a uranium asset or something like that. And who knows what can happen, right? <laughs> yeah, I think Mark's gone down that path before. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's been a real... 
a real pleasure working with Mark. He's been, you know, obviously, you know, he's a, he's one of the strongest geologists I know. He's, uh, you know, very entrepreneurial. He's been extremely successful in his business, and uh, it's a real pleasure to work with him at Pure Gold. Same thought process here. A, a fantastic group, and uh, really uh, enjoy uh, following the group and uh, being part of what you guys are doing. Now, just wrapping up here, you guys listed on the London Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. You guys are still on the Venture Exchange. Is there any thought process of where you guys might want to go as far as listings going forward as you finish up construction. Can you speak to if the TSX big board is is the place where you want to go or does the New York Stock Exchange American make more sense at this point? Yeah, I think the uh, move from the TSX venture to the, the TSX big board, if you will, is is a natural progression as we transition into production and and, and cash flow. You know, taking on the uh, the London Stock Exchange listing on the the main board there, the standard listing. In many ways, that's already carried us part of the way out of out of venture status, and I would certainly expect to see us move across to the big board at some point in in the future. Uh, with respect to uh, you know upgrading in in the uh, the U.S. exchanges and taking on something there, it's it's not something we're contemplating today. You know, we'll see where the future takes us, but uh, we've just gone through a London listing, and uh, we need we need time for that process to settle. Right. And, and we've just seen, I mentioned that because we've seen recently more of a, a push, if you will, by similar market cap size companies getting on the New York. Um, obviously, we know Equinox is bigger, but Equinox jumped on there uh, fairly early. Um, we've seen uh, companies like you know NextGen, uh, which is in the uranium space, jump on there. We've seen Metalla Royalty and Mavericks Metals jump on there as well with, mm-hmm. with smaller market caps. So interesting situation there. We see more of a of an effort to get on that New York listing as well. So excited to see what you guys are going to do on that front going forward. Well, Darren, for potential investors for our audience who are on the sidelines, what would you say to them at this stage and at current price levels? Why should they look at Pure Gold now? Yeah, again, it comes down to location, grade, size, and growth. You know, we're we're located in Red Lake, Ontario. It's uh, you know, as we like to say, there's 30 million reasons to uh, to invest in Red Lake, and that's 30 million ounces of production that's come out of the district to date. Uh, with respect to grade, you know, we are the we're the next gold mine in Canada. Uh, we're we're months away from cash flow. It is uh, one of the highest grade deposits in the world, and so that has uh, you know translates into opportunities with respect to margin and continued cash flow generation. Uh, more importantly, we think we have a strong growth profile ahead of us, and uh, you know we own some of the best land in Red Lake, Ontario, with that uh, the the real um, short-term visibility to tr- transformational growth. So I think it's uh, you know it's a great time to enter. Uh, we're, we're we're nearly fully de-risked uh, with uh, you know a full financing package in place, fully funded, on schedule, on budget, delivering cash flow by by the end of the year. And uh, and continue to drill, explore, looking at that uh, the next leg up and and, and the next uh, next part of our growth strategy. So yeah, really, uh, I think it's a great time to purchase uh, and buy into Pure Gold. And the best way for investors to reach out to the company, uh, I would reach out at info at puregoldmining.ca, and it, I will I will see it, and we'll certainly respond or, or reach us uh, by phone six zero four six four six eight thousand. Well, Darren, let's leave it there. Thanks for taking the time to update us. Good luck on the remaining construction efforts. Best wishes to the team at Pure Gold. Thanks so much, Andrew. Appreciate it.